Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 182 of uh, Dude and a Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. Uh, and this week, uh, we are going to uh, chat some some reach-arounds. Uh, we are going to check... Jack, Jack. I'm going to start again. We're going to chat Jack Reacher, uh, the first film we've decided to cover that because we're both going to watch it anyway, so why not? Uh, and also, we're going to uh, chat the, the sequel or follow-up, uh, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Uh, I still think it should have been called Reach Around, but um, yeah, but they didn't, and they won't, and it's wrong. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's we're going to get jacked up in this shit uh, we're also going to chat some uh, what we've been watching uh, I've actually remembered what I've been watching because I've started using Letterboxd again <laughs> nice I need to catch up on mine but I've, I've got like three things anyway so yeah, yeah. I, I'm making a, a, a concerted effort now to use it because every week I get I sit down like five minutes before I record and go shit what have I watched what have I watched what have I watched and every week we finish and I go oh Fuck, I forgot to talk about that. And then it gets around to the week after, and, I've, and there's no point in talking about the thing that I've forgotten, because I've, I've kind of forgotten any points that I wanted to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last week, I was, I was thinking always in the podcast, there's something I've forgotten, there's something I've forgotten. And it wasn't until ten minutes after we stopped recording, I thought, shit, I watched The Prestige. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so, of course, what is it about that? So I've, still, I've actually got a list now of, of what I've been watching. So, so I've got that, we've got a few uh, Twitter questions, and we'll go off on our tangents, I am sure. Uh, but first, Ian, has, has anything happened in the, the wonderful world of movies that we should talk about before we get into trailers? Um, Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian, fine. That's fine. <laughs> it does feel a bit like that would have been the hot casting of five years ago, but cool. It, it, it feels it feels like they sat down and went like let's, let's make a list and and then somebody just went there and went just give it to Donald Glover. No, they're gonna make just give it to him because whoever else we give it to, they're gonna go. Oh, I think they don't Glover would have been better. So let's just give it to him. Let's just give it to him. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they've spent God knows how long trying to go. But who else can we put on the list? So eventually the guy at the end of the thing just went, fuck it, I'm announcing it. I'm announcing it. Because he'll do it, we know he'll do it. But I, it's a, you know, I I don't get it with him. To be honest, I don't get the the appeal. I think he's, I, I, I just don't get it. But a, a, a lot of Star Trek fans are very happy, and it is it's their property. So I'm sure Star Trek fans are thrilled. Star Trek Star oh, fucking hell, Rick. Oh, some people not happy about that one. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, they're happy. That's that's the main fucking thing. It's better than being really happy with it than going, oh, who the fucking hell is this? Yeah. So, there's that. Um, AT&T are taking over Time Warner, which will mean nothing, probably. You couldn't give a fuck, yeah. But, just... yeah. But uh, Time Warner have basically come out and said, it gives us more money to be more creative. No, and it's doesn't. a bit like, I don't. You just it announced, don't. you just announced how many, uh, was it five Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them films? But, but Ian, remember, remember, these are not Harry Potter movies. They're not Harry Potter movies. They're just basically set in the same world using the same music and the same goddamn title credits. But they are not Harry Potter movies. Yeah. I don't know. Like, J.K. Rowling doing, um, does give me some... It, it does give me some faith, because it's like, alright, she doesn't need the money... 
she's obviously interested in telling the story and go on then I'll watch the first one and see how it goes you know um, but it just it's that whole thing of like just like plotting out this amount of films and you know Hunger Games it felt like Mockingjay Part 2 which just kind of ended on a sense of alright well we've got to do this and Twilight did and like the, the Divergent films aren't even gonna finish yeah it is which it's is like hilarious by the way I don't think it, we've even talked about that that's fucking yeah. amazing it is mad because the first one did quite well and the second one did all right and then they just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing. I mean, like they did they, they split up the last book into two two films and people already kind of didn't care when the second one came out, but that train was already rolling on the third one. But I I, I mean, like for fans of the books though, that's got to be infuriating. Like the, yeah. the fact that. They didn't just do the one. It's not like the Golden Compass or the Mortal Instruments. They did three of them and then didn't bother doing one last one. Yeah, like you say, um, for, for those who who were fan of the books, and, and also the, the will, there will have been, you know, granted there might not have been that many, but there were fans of the movies. Um, it's got to be a bit of a fucking kick in the teeth. And like you say, it is strange saying at the start, before your first film's even out, oh, we're going to make five of these. It's a bit like, do you know what? What if it bombs? I mean, it probably won't, but what if it does? Or what if the first one makes a lot of money, but isn't that great? Yeah. And it's just the fact that it was that movie that made it money. And then the second one bombs. Then you sat there basically, you know, with these other three movies, having to look like dicks going, let's not bother. Yeah, no, quite. I, I, I don't know. It's um, that's an interesting one. I mean... Uh, I suppose moving on, we've also got um, Tim Miller dropping out of Deadpool 2. Um, oh, yeah, of, uh, of creative differences. With would have Ryan been. Reynolds, which is... is the rumour, yeah. Which is quite amusing, because he put out a tweet saying, um, where should the final uh, big finale of Deadpool 2 finish? Uh, a, a bridge, or B, a bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's actually been deleted. <laughs> who, who put that out? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. That's pretty funny. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's interesting though. I mean, like Miller had a really, really hard job, and he, he kind of worked for years on that. I mean, Reynolds and the screenwriters did as well, but it kind of was his baby, and they managed to make the film they wanted to make. And I'm sure Reynolds is is on the I'm Deadpool two is going to be the film I want to make thing. Mm. But it is it is still somewhat concerning. The the choice of replacement is going to be interesting. It is. I mean, the thing about that is, is it's strange because Reynolds it, uh, works a lot. You know, if you look at his career, he's a one or two films a year guy. Um, and, you know, you've never read sort of rumours of him being difficult or anything like that. And he's worked on small independent flicks and he's worked on big, huge, big budget ones as well. Uh, and it, it just seems strange that that this is one where I think like you mentioned it. This is it's there was nothing riding on the first one, really. Nobody expected it to be a hit. They had to really, realistically make up about about sort of one hundred and twenty million dollars for it to be an actual hit um and they made so much more than that so let's say the new one's gonna cost so i think it cost the first one cost about 40 million dollars which is nothing let's say the new one costs 150 million dollars right 
you're still under $200 million for both movies, which means it's still, in theory, if you take them as a collective, it's still fucking making money. Um, so, but, as a director, is, is Tim Miller, can he, can he take his ideas from there to, to, to where it was? Was it that the problem? Or was the problem that they just didn't agree on the direction of the movie? Or the casting of the movie? Or anything? It's, it's a really, it is a peculiar one. It does worry and leave a little bit of a, oh, you know, doing it so quickly was hoping that that fucking lightning was still bouncing around that bottle. And now you've opened the bottle and you try to jam other bits of lightning in it yeah. at the same time while going, fuck, we need to keep that bit of ragging in there because he's going to... You, you put your thumb there, I'm going to run off and try and find someone. All right? And there's just a guy right now with his thumb in it going, uh... Do-do-do-do-do... Trying to keep everything together, and it, it just it could all just fucking crumble and fall apart right now. <laughs> yeah, no, quite. I I don't know. The, the thing is, I was so very, 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 very wrong about how Deadpool actually turned out in terms of box office. Like the exact opposite. That I I I think I'm probably just not gonna <laughs> say anything. To <laughs> be on this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. And I will just say quickly, I played through the campaign of Gears of War 4 on Xbox oh, One, yeah. despite was the fact I hadn't played any Gears of War films uh, games previously. It was alright. Runny, runny, shooty, shooty, walk about a bit, bit of dialogue, runny, runny, shooty, shooty, did that for eight hours, ten minutes. Oh, so the type of thing where the story's enough to get you to the end, but when you get to the end, it's kind of a little bit like bit same in that. Yeah, I basically just thought I could have watched four films in that time and maybe rethink the whole thing. So who who knows? Who knows, Mark? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I like yeah. Um but sure, it was fine. I played some multiplayer with some people from work and that was enjoyable. So um yeah. Uh but there you go. So I've I've got nothing more. Um tangency. So uh trailers. Uh so I saw the trailer for the boss baby um in front of trolls which i'll talk about later the boss baby uh right um is that what it sounds like so basically it's i'm I'm actually kind of intrigued to see what the fuck is actually going on with this so i i think i'll probably take lossie but there's a kid with parents parents have a baby Baby comes home, baby's got a suit, a tie and a briefcase that acts like a baby. Um, kid's right. jealous. And the baby's voiced by Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah. One yeah. night, the kid hears the baby and then it's Alec Baldwin's voice and the baby's basically saying, right, all you need to know is I'm the boss. But the thing is, in the phone call, he's like, the kid's on to me. So he's like, hang on. So is he actually a baby? Or, like, has he switched places with their actual baby? And he's not a baby? It was like, the kids on to me was such a weird line. (laughs) That, I'm sure it's not that, because it wouldn't be, but that would be quite fun if it was that subversive. For a kid's movie, yeah. Yeah, but... Like because there's actually a bit in the trailer where the kid, the the, the like the grown up, the, the more grown up kid, says to his parents, 
he's wearing a briefcase and he's uh, he's carrying a briefcase and he's got a suit. That's weird. And they're just like, well, you had your uh, protect uh, like blanket blah blah for five years, and it's just like, what? No, hang on. You brought the kid home from the hospital and he's in a suit and tie. Did you not pick that for him? Because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, that's weird. So that the the, the boss baby. Has le- trailer has left me with a lot of unanswered questions, which I feel <laughs> I'm only going to get answered if I watch it. So the trailer worked then? I, it's a, a genuine question. The I, trailer seems to work quite well then. I, I, I kind of want to know what the fuck. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I, I will take Lottie. Good, good. So that there's that. <laughs> That's um, it. You yeah. have to watch the trailer now. <laughs> I thought, seriously, it's, Mark, seriously, like... There's questions. There are questions. Anyway. Uh, new trailer for Assassin's Creed. Um, I, I, I'll watch it. comes out the 6th of January. But yeah. It's a nice that, that's, post-Christmas thing, isn't it? So. Yeah, and it, the thing is, none of the trailers make me want to watch it, mm. but none of them make me think that it's going to be crap. It just I just look at it and go, do you know what? I was already going to watch it. So I don't need to watch the trailers because I'm not I'm not excited about it, but I'll watch it. Mm. I'm a bit like that with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I it mean, seems to be nobody around the film seems to be that excited about it. <laughs> I, I mean, fair play. Like Fassbender produced it and whatnot. Even though he said like I um, like he didn't play the game. He like played some of the games once he was like on it, but didn't have any previous interest. And I, I yeah, I don't know. It just. It was interesting because Ubisoft came out a couple of weeks back and went, this is going to make no money for us, but at least it expands our brand. And it's like, that's a fucking weird thing to say. Isn't it? So, you know, we'll see. That screams of, yeah, we've seen it, shit. Kind of, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, two others, but I know the one that you're going to want to talk about, so I'll let you lead with that. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, the poster's interesting, um, and I like the tagline, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more, uh, just because it was just a bunch of images and the one bit between Peter Quill and Drax, which was funny, but does kind of seem like, okay, so it's kind of similar to the interactions they had in the first one, cool. But, yeah, it is a little bit like, oh, I hope there's more than this. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. As as a teaser, it's fine. I'm looking forward to being in that world again for a couple hours. So, yeah, you know, there's that. So, uh, I think... I think I'm done. So, go on then, bud. The, um, uh, please go ahead and have an orgasm. The Well, well. first of all, I'll, I'll do the other one that I've seen uh, this week, uh, which is the... Uh, from the visionary director, Gore Verbinski. Oh, yes. Sorry, yeah, it, sorry, I did see this as well. Go on, yeah, It yeah, yeah. is the uh, trailer for uh, A Cure for Wellness, uh, which looks interesting enough, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll certainly watch it. It's got a nice kind of um, sort of grimy... Uh, who was that guy who did Delicatessen? Um, John Pierre Genet. Lost John, Ch- John, John Pierre Genet. 
Grenet, yeah. It, it looks a little bit like one of his movies. Um, it's got that kind of that green hue um, behind it. Uh, looks interesting, but I'm just getting a little bit fucking... It, this, this visionary director thing that seems to be cropping up in practically every fucking trailer nowadays is a little bit like... Really? The, the, the director of, 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 of Weatherman and the Pirates of the Caribbean first two movies? It, visionary? Really? The, the director of The Ring? Sure. Yeah. They had a horse yeah. jump over a jump off a boat. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's visionary, is it? It's a little bit like you're stretching you're stretching the bounds of the word visionary there <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a strange one that, but but yes, yeah, so let's get to the, the main event. Hey, um, right, look at I just looked up. Sorry, I just looked up the Ring on iTunes. Mm. The Ring Two is available, but not the Ring. That doesn't surprise me. iTunes is, is is a bit random with some stuff. But I mean, oh God, the Ring Two's only four ninety nine as well. And like, if the original, well, the Vibinski, the Ring was four ninety nine on iTunes. I would buy it and watch it this week because I've had a hankering to watch that again for a while. The Ring <laughs> 2, I don't know if I have a hankering to watch that. Do you know what? I have a feeling you, you, you could buy it for 4 and watch it and go, yeah, I didn't have a hankering to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, may, yeah maybe. I, d- I don't know. Yeah, anyway... Yes. I, 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 have, I have a weird hankering thing that I'll get to when I talk about my uh, films that I watched this week oh. later on because there's a stra- there's a random there's a random flow to what I watched. <laughs> um, yes, so dropped on Thursday um, was the trailer for Logan, um, the as we understand it, the final uh, Hugh Jackman uh, Wolverine film. Um, and it's we, we already knew that it, it was going to be a an R-rated movie. Um, from from sort of what was straight away sort of said about about it, uh, James Mangold is is back on to direct, and they were already saying, look, it's going to be slightly more sedate and not as as grand and as building destroying as as the as the previous ones. Uh, and then the the trailer drops, um, and he's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it is you know whether or not the film takes on that tone or not uh, it remains to be seen but this looks like we're getting a very sort of sedate lower key uh, x-men movie well a wolverine movie where it, it's it's more about logan's character and he he happens to be you know the you know Logan happens to be Wolverine, and we're getting the the, the broken fucking man story of, of of how he he's this is it this is the end of him struggling to cope with being who he is and all the things he's done and he's still being chased etc. So it's I thought it was an incredible trailer to be honest. It, it, yeah, I, I finished it finished. I went yeah, I'm watching that again. Well, I mean, that's for a fucking trailer. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it, it's interesting. I mean, I'm just looking it up, and it, it actually the budget was slightly more than the Wolverine, um, but so I think this is probably going to have a lot larger scale stuff than this trailer. Makes well, it that's happen. it. Yeah, and I wonder. I almost wonder if this isn't a trailer that I'll actually play in the cinema. Um, just because I can see fans of film and fans of the property being well into it. Yeah. But your average, 
your average multiplex audience will watch that and probably barely com- like click that it's an X-Men film. Yeah, because there's, there's not a great deal that gives you X-Men-iness in it. No, I mean, I am very, 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 very intrigued by this. And considering... Have you watched the, the extended edition of The Wolverine? I have, yeah. Yeah, I, like, that had a bit more of a contemplative edge to it as well. It did, yeah. I, I still think that, that if you take away the, the hawkiness of the, the final kind of battle scene in that, I think that's a, a very strong movie, to be honest. Yeah, the last act merges that film. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, like the, the bit where, I can't remember the fucking context, but it's like that snowy town, mm. and um, he's getting like that speared and stuff. Yeah. That, up to there, it's cracking. It is a yeah, so it's a really good film to that. And then once they get into the what is it, and you get the Iron Samurai the thing guy, Samurai, yeah, Samurai, yeah. It, it does drop off a cliff pretty badly. So it, if I don't know, it kind of feels like maybe they're just going, look, this is the last one. We will get audiences in just by saying it's the last time Jackman's going to play Wolverine. Mm. It's going to be the last one. This this is genuinely without a shadow of a doubt, it. Yeah, and somebody raised a good point on um, on Twitter, I know, somebody raised a good point on Twitter, um, that I think that kind of gives this a little bit more gravitas, is really, Hugh Jackman is our only Wolverine. He's the only Wolverine as a filmic audience that we've known, and he's been doing it for nearly two decades now. And so... Seeing him from, you know, the start of his Wolverine thing to seeing that now and the the way that he's grown as Wolverine and the Wolverine effectively the character has grown older and taken it from Wolverine first turning up to, to, to where we are now. It What happens there is you do feel a connection to it rather than if you just dropped in, you know, if, if you dropped a Wolverine, a new person in as, as old man Logan. Um it, 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 there's, there's that to it as well, which kind of adds to it. And I'm also interested in um, in seeing Stephen Merchant uh, as Caliban playing a, a non-comedic character. Was Could he, be quite interesting. Was he the the guy who was kind of like covered up? In, yeah, like the, with the glasses on. Yes. Yeah. All right. I was like, yeah, I, I figured that was him. All right. It's it, what else is strange? They've recast it because Caliban is in the X Men Apocalypse. Oh, really? Yeah, you know the guy that um, Olivia Munn's protecting that that, uh, it, that sort of like that locates mutants. Oh, in the show, in the yeah, that place. Yeah, yeah. Um, really? it's played by a I think it's like a Norwegian actor or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, it was it was him. The yeah, what's his name? I'm trying to find his name now. Icelandic actor it is uh, Thomas uh, Lemakes. Okay. Yeah. I... Um, so yeah, it's it's strange that that you know that that they've, they've you know not not strange that recast it, but they've recast it for Stephen Merchant, which is you know really interesting casting. Mm. If that is a straight up straight role. Yeah. I, I mean, looking at it, I mean the the the, the budget of I mean the box office of the Wolver- of the Wolverine was just over four hundred million dollars, and mm. it kind of seems like. This one is budgeted at 127 million. So yeah. if they could get to 400 again, 
they're in the black quite easily. And I think they'll got... be very. I think they'll be very happy if they take four hundred million. Yeah, and I, I, you know, again, just the fact that it is the last time you'll see Hugh Jackman, I think they could get that. So what they actually do with the content of the film, and especially after Deadpool, meaning that they can do an R rating. Yeah. It, you know, and also releasing it in what March? Yeah. Like, so you've got a less crowded release date. You've got the promise of an R rating, and certainly that one shot in the trailer does kind of indicate they're going there. Um, yeah. And you've got this kind of stylishness to the trailer. I mean, her is not the least, a... not the least obvious choice. Yeah. Uh, it's not as bad as for those who've seen Black Mirror, which we're going to talk about a bit on the show next week when Noel's on. Uh, the use of Radiohead's exit music for a film at the end of one of those episodes, that is an obvious music choice. So I forget, I actually, in context, I forgive this film the use of Hurt. But it's also, mm. it also feels appropriate just in the lyrics and whatnot. It's not the yeah. choir doing a song sadly kind of you know kind of no thing. It, it, it's it's not you know this song but not in this way yeah. it, it, it's very much it's it's a statement thing you know you in a, in a way you've kind of got our balls to pull out to, to go fuck it we're using her yeah and then the large titles <laughs> on the screen as well i'm obviously yeah. i'm a massive fan of large titles you are you do love a title across the screen <laughs> I, we only talked about it on whatsapp last night um yeah. but it i'm not in and not actually about this either about something else um yeah. But, Honestly, whenever I see titles go all across the screen, I always think, oh, Ian's going to fucking love that. I don't, I don't know, there's something, like, seriously, man, if the title... It's, it's a style thing, that, 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 yeah, I can see why you like it. If the title for Logan is just, like, blood red letters or something like that... But just appear the go... Across the street, uh, the screen, it, it's like instant at least a four out of five you know what I mean it's, I, I don't know it's just guaranteed half a star straight, straight up you know I I, I don't know it, the, the, the trailer's the trailer's really interesting I mean people have been going nuts for it online and I, I think that's uh, it's pretty warranted really isn't it it's, it's, a, it's a really nice little self-contained piece as well yeah it, it's one of those where I, I, I have a feeling that the actual the remaining movie won't be quite that movie that that is pitching but I do really want to watch that movie. <laughs> I, I, and I can see myself, if it's not, coming out of the cinema and going, oh, I'm just going to watch that trailer again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for what they seem to be doing with this. And, it, and you know, it seems like it's going to be Patrick Stewart's last, last roll of the dice as well. And again, that's the thing. You say it's Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman's last one. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah, I mean, like, looking at IMDb, the, the synopsis of it, in 2024, mutant births are severely in decline and people aren't sure why. A government-type operation is turning mutant children into killing machines. From this, Logan, Logan emerges as a mentor to a mutant girl who has two claws instead of his three. That'll do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think we're done with trailers, aren't we? Uh, shall we move on to the first chapter? Picture movie, yes. We'll do that. We'll do it in that order, Why not the fact that they don't follow each other, do they really? But we might as well do. Uh, so the first Jack Reacher movie um, came out in 2012, so it's four years old. Uh, based on the book uh, One Shot by Lee Child, stars uh, well, directed and written by uh, Christopher McQuarrie, which I believe was this his second film he made, or was it his first? Blah 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 blah. I believe no, it would have been his second because I Way of the Gun. 
Yeah, first. yeah, 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 yeah. That was it, of course. Gun, and then he did Rogue Nation after this, didn't he? He did indeed do Rogue Nation, yes. Uh, and also as well, let's not forget, he wrote The Usual Suspects, X-Men... Uh, people. Did he do Apt Pupil? I, I don't think he wrote the Apt Pupil. Um, Brian Singer wrote and directed. Shit it off. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, Chris Corey uh, was writer and director of this. Uh, Tom Cruise, Rosamund Pike, Richard Jennings, uh, David O'Hellier, Robert Duval, and Werner Herzog, uh, along with Jai Courtney, in a role where he doesn't absorb all of the charisma from around him. Um, story is... Jack Reacher turns up um, after a ex-army sniper is arrested for shooting five people, uh, seemingly at random, uh, and he doesn't speak to anybody. All he does is write on a pad saying, get, get Jack get Reacher. Uh, everyone assumes that they're friends. Turns out they're not. No, Jack doesn't like this guy because he caught him, investigated and proved that he'd killed a bunch of guys in Afghanistan. Uh, but was let go, essentially, uh, due to circumstance, which we'll probably get into as we go through. Uh, and so he starts investigating as Rosemond Pike's lead investigator, because she is defending um, said killer, or presumed killer. Um, and then things start to unravel, and we start to get a peek behind what could really be going on. So, Ian, um, Jack Reacher... What did you think of this one? I know we've spoken about it before, so, but go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I enjoy Jack Reacher quite a bit. It's very, very nuts and bolts. Um, but, Werner Herzog, um, even though, I think, I, I really, really, really like the opening sequence. Um, yes, it's, it's, a very, it's a very nice opening sequence. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, the, the music feels very 70s, the, the kind of, slow, gradual pace of it and the whole kind of like the tension as to is he going to kind of shoot the little girl kind of thing it is, you know, it's got that assault on Precinct 13 kind of vibe to it I suppose it would be an easy um, a touch mark but it's also very much the, the beginning of Dirty Harry um, you know, if they kind of kicked in yeah, that slightly yeah, yeah. Like, jazzy kind of score then I mean, it probably would have been a step too far but it's, uh, you know, um but then it's Jack Reacher walking around places and women checking him out wherever he goes or women <laughs> smiling at him. And it's it's a little bit Cruz wanting to have his cake and eat it. Uh, like, like he wants to be the tough, no shit, ex-military hard nut. But he also wants to be the guy who women check out and smile at. Yeah. And that's one thing they do stop in the, in the sequel. We'll get on to Never Go Back. But they, they do seem to have a lot less of that. Um, but here, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, Rosamund Pike looks like she's been directed at times just to look like she wants him. And, like, is <laughs> it, kind of, like, flustered by him. And it... I don't know. It... it it just feels a little off there. I mean, Tom Cruise is a good-looking dude, and, you know, he looks very good with his shirt off. You know, I'm not criticising that. It's just... He's a, he's a good-looking guy, but in Jack Reacher, 
I don't know, he also goes to, like, dive bars and stuff like that. He doesn't seem particularly classy, and I... I mean, maybe it's just the world that Cruz lives in. That is yeah. like, yeah, women just look at me like this all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would they not? You know, I, 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 you know so I, 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 it's a, a bit odd, but... Or maybe maybe they maybe they just literally just could just look at him and went, fuck Tom's here and and the Chris McCroach went, Yeah, I'm gonna keep that. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, no, quite. I I don't know. It just it it feels like a decision and it's a weird one. Um but but aside from that, it feels it feels like very much its own film. It's a very singular thing and it feels Especially when you have never let uh, never let go, never go back in in, in comparison. It does feel like this is Christopher McQuarrie's film. Yeah. Um, he's in command. He's got crews there as well, but this is his film. And he does some... He, even, like, the framing of the, 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 the car chase where... Well, yeah, that's 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 interesting, because you've got the, the opening, um, which, you know, I mean, this is... I mean, for the start off, this is a Tom Cruise movie that's rated 15 that you get. I think it was an R rated in, in the States as well, wasn't it? Wasn't it? No, sorry, it's John Beach from Was it? Was it? Is it is an R? Is a fifteen? Yeah. That's interesting. All right. Um, which you know already is interesting because you know it's 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 technically you know having a, a fifteen is always perceived as shrinking your market um, slightly. So yeah, it was a fifteen in the UK. Mm. Um, so, but, you know, this is, it, it, it's a 15 movie, you know, it feels like it should be a 15. Um, yeah, and it, it, like you say, it does feel like more, this is a, a Christopher McQuarrie movie that Jack, that, that, that Tom Cruise is, is on board with, rather than a Tom Cruise movie that he's letting Christopher McQuarrie direct a little bit like the, the fifth Mission Impossible movie, which, which we both really liked. Yeah, yeah. But that does feel a little bit more like Tom Cruise has gone, do you know what? I liked working with this guy on this Jack Reacher movie. He's a good director. I like what he did. And we had fun working together. I want him to do my next Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, no, quite. I, 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 it just, I don't know, it's interesting stuff there. Like, uh, the, 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 the car chase, the way that Tom Cruise and David Oyelowo are like framed to the left. Like yeah. their heads are to the left. And then you kind of see what's going on behind them on the right. Which I don't know. They they hang on that stuff, and it, and uh, that's interesting. And the fact that the last sequence, you've got the action stuff, but then you've got talking, mm. and that whole her uh, the, the, the interaction between Cruz and Herzog there is fantastic. I mean, the Zek is amazing. Um, and not just because it's Werner Herzog, like the way that he is just a guy who is in the shadows, and the way the, the when you first see him, the what the guy's in, um, like saying, "I haven't seen you, I haven't seen you, man," and then Herzog's like, "It's too late for that." Look yeah. at me, you know, yeah, you know. I mean, it, it's fantastic, but that whole air of mystery and the fact that, like, yeah, towards the end, he's just sat in the corner there. And he's not really saying anything. And Jai Courtney's kind of doing his thing. It's like, what the fuck is their relationship? Jai Courtney and Werner Herzog, you know, it's like, is it just his dad or something? Or, you know, or... It, yeah, it, it, it is literally like, like he's there and it's basically, you're there to do what he tells you and make sure he, he doesn't get killed. And he's a bit like, right. And it, it's, it's almost a little bit like, towards the end, he's almost a little bit dumb with his bullshit. 
but he, he still knows what his job is. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, absolutely. And I like the way... I mean, Jai Courtney as well. I quite like him in this. The, the, I think he's very good in this, yeah, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, very, very no-nonsense. And the way that when Cruz and Duvall are kind of fucked up all those guys, Courtney w- walks in, just gets the two other guys and walks out, and he's not like, shit, shit, shit. We're no. fucked or anything like that. He's like, right, still got this bloody job to do. You should get out of here. I'm yeah. off. Yeah, I, I mean that. It, it, it's 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 he he displays the same confidence uh, in his abilities as Cruz's Jack Reacher displays in his abilities. And, and again, that's kind of carry forward and never go back as well with that with the one guy. So, but yeah, it's it's that of of the whole you know the, the whole military trained of. You train so well and train to such a high level that these guys do think in a way that they're invincible. Totally. totally. And it gives them that confidence. That's 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 what Jack Reacher's. You know, it's the. I mean, the the, the, the you know, that fight the fight scene where he, he those guys take him outside and he's like, you know, remember you wanted this. And then you get there's some the script is fantastic in this as well because there's some great kind of there's some great put downs in it which. It's what was fantastic about Way of the Gun, um, Macquarie's first film that, that I forgot about. Uh, that again, the script in that is, is, is magnificent. You know, it's it's Benicio del Toro and Ryan Philippe essentially just insulting everybody on screen, um, and, and that's kind of what you're getting a little bit here. You know, him explaining why he's only going to be fighting three of them and not five of them. Oh, and yeah, then that's you guys running off. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, kind of what starts to happen. It's it's those and those little fun bits poked at. Like, would you please put a shirt on? This is my shirt. <laughs> it's just the, the, the ridiculousness of, of, well, all right, it kind of is his shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I no, no, exactly. No, I mean, like, that that, that stuff's great. And you know, the, the way, again, it's just, it's weird the way that Cruz performs it. It's like half he's got a glint in his eye, half he's really serious. I, 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 I <laughs> I don't know, it just, it kind of feels like Cruz wanted to play Reacher more than Reacher wanted to be played by Cruz, weirdly. I, I, it's... Well, I, I think kind of that, that is it, um, that Cruz really did pursue and went for this and was very much, he wanted to be on board. Cause remember, this is 2012. This is, this is when Cruz was a little bit, he wasn't quite the Cruz he was in 2000 and to 2000, like 2007, 2008. And he wasn't quite the cruise that he is again. He's kind of managed to gain back again yeah. now. You know, he was in a bit of a, a bit of a weird place where his movies were still, they were still making enough money that he wasn't, that he was never really in trouble. But he wasn't the box office absolute gold that he previously kind of had been. Yes. You know, there was very much a, they, people were trying to damage Cruz. Um, and it, this kind of was one of the films that kind of helped get him back. Because I remember reading about this, and, and basically the word going into this was this was going to be a bomb. Yeah. Um, and the reason why this movie, and for start, it was only a sixty million dollar movie. The reason why this movie made a really good amount of money wasn't because it had Tom Cruise in it. It was because it was really quite a good film. To Which be is fair, the Christmas release date kind of helps as well. I, I just putting that out there, but it will do. But it might have helped. But it also that could have fucking also at the same time could have killed it because you're going up against B 
big Christmas movies. Wasn't this going up against a Tarantino as well, actually? Oh, it might have been Django, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, it, it, it did well, I think, based on the fact that there was a good word of mouth about it. Yeah, I mean, it did 218 worldwide, which isn't spectacular, but when you're budgeting at 60 million, it becomes an awful lot better. Yeah. You know, I, God, what was Never Go Back? Never Go Back was 60 million as well. All right, fair enough. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I, 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 that, that's it. I mean, again, he's, he's, produ- he's producing these as well, you know, so yeah. it, it may be he's like, all right, don't pay me too much up front. I'll take take a good chunk off the back end or something like that, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I again, he he's very much his own man. He does the stuff that he wants to do. And I, I, I think Reacher as a character is more interesting than a lot of his characters. Like, he's more... If it... God, could you imagine if it was Jack Reacher in, in a Mission Impossible type film? That would be yeah. a great combination, but he's got to be more playful in the Mission Impossible films, and I, I, I don't know. I he, he's he's quite deadpan in in in, in this this particular one, yes. you know. But there is still there is still humour in there, but I think it's more the humour comes from people reacting to his complete upfrontness. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I it's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm definitely not shit. Um, the whole subplot about the like who's on it, in on it kind of thing. Um, they so aggressively pedal that it's Richard Jenkins that it does become obvious that it's David Oyelowo. Yeah. Like that. that I mean, they really, really aggressively push that. And the fact yeah. that they don't even try it at all with Olilowo just is like, okay, well, it's Olilowo then, um, which which is a shame. And even though I, I but then I, it's little things as well, like the the way that the thing that was off for Reacher all involves the parking meter. The fact that he paid for the parking meter in the first place, and then the fact that Olilowo actually gets the fingerprint off of the parking meter coin. And, mm. and like the way that it's like that was way too in depth even for me. I even I wouldn't have thought of that. You know, I, it's little things like that. I so it, it's not the grand. Oh well, I knew it was you because of X, Y, and Z. It's something was off, and it was that. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's that's that just little things like that. I. I Again, I mean, like, the, the ending of Taking the Pelham 1, 2, 3, the Gesundheit kind of almost comes to mind with me there, where it's just the one little, the one little slip-up that un- unravels it. Um, yeah, and, and uh, maybe apologies for spoiling the end of Taking Pelham 1, 2, 3, but you should have watched it by now. Yeah, because it is 30-odd years old. Yeah. And it, 40, 40 years old? Nah, probably, yeah. Even though it's, yeah. uh, what's better, Gesundheit or Lick My Bunghole, motherfucker? There's a debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't like. I I think we've talked about this before on the show, but whose idea do you think that was? I, I had no idea. No idea. It's tra- it's Travolta or Scott, isn't it? It's Travolta or Scott, and you just can't tell which one it was. I think it's more likely to be Scott. 
I hope I it was Travolta and it, it made Scott laugh. And he was like, yeah, go on, then we'll do a take of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, do, do you know what? But what I'll say, I like the, the, the remake of Taking Bella 1, 2, 3. I, I did a fucking defending piece for East Sleep Live Film on that. Fucking, I remember it, actually, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm all for the remake of Taking, taking a Bella 1, 2, 3. That was... That was a very, very enjoyable print preview in in my in my former uh, job life. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I I don't think I have much more to say about Jack Reacher no. considering I've just talked about like my bunghole. I I don't know. Um, I'm definitely not shit on it, um, and I'm assuming you are as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, I put the poll out there, and um, definitely not shit came in at sixty three percent. Nice. Uh, Touching Cloth came in at 19%, um, and Shit came in at 18%. That's a, 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 a time I thought it was going to be for, for, for people disliking it. To be fair, I remember um, the 35mm Heroes review of it, and Jordan and Noel were not impressed at all, and I was the one beating the drum. So, uh, <laughs> fair play. Yeah, some people uh, don't like it. Yeah, well, some people. Uh, so, yeah, um... Cool, right. Uh, so yes, so four years after uh, the uh, the previous Jack Reacher movie, um, Jack Reacher is back, uh, but he will never go back apparently. Uh, but he is back, which yeah, Jack Reacher never go back, but he's back. I don't get it either. Okay. Um, but who, do you know who's not back? Do you know who's not back? Christopher McQuarrie's not back. No, he's not back. Instead, we have Edward Zwick, uh, director of About Last Night. Legends of the Fall, The Last Samurai, Blood Diamond, Love and Other Drugs, to name just a few, is back for the action movie Jack Reacher. <laughs> mm. Which is a really strange person to be writing and directing this movie. Uh, also uh, in there uh, is Kobe Smulders, um, Aldis Hodge, Hort McCartney, Robert Nepper, and a few kind of other people who you kind of recognise, I think. One of them's from Game of Thrones or something. Um, and this time, uh, uh, Jack Reacher comes back again um, to to go on a date, it would seem, um, with with Corby Smulders, yeah, uh, much, yeah. Major Turner. He he, he travels to to Washington to to go on a date after they've met up. Uh, we don't get the the details of, of why they were first introduced to each other, but they kind of were. But you're guessing it's over correspondence rather than the phone because he seems surprised when she's a woman, not put off, but just a little bit, a little bit surprised. Uh, and then they they we get the idea that they've they've spoken a little bit on the phone and there's a little bit of flirting, and so he's going to to meet her for a date now. Literally, that is what's happening. I'm not being flippant. He's going to meet her to take her to dinner. Uh, and then when he gets there, you know what? She's been arrested for espionage. But he thinks there's something a little bit, a little bit not quite there because, you know, he's Jack Reacher. Uh, also, as well, he might have a kid that he doesn't know about. Ian, Jack Reacher, never go back. Uh, what did you think? Um, yeah. And, you, and, and, um, and what I'll say is, a message you, that you sent on the WhatsApp thing caused me to count something that I never thought I would have to count in a fucking movie. Alright, well, let's address that elephant in the room first. So, <laughs> I messaged Mark after leaving Jack Reacher Never Go Back saying that my favourite thing about it was the fact that Tom Cruise 
There, there are a couple of scenes where Tom Cruise and Kobe Smulders are running. Do you know how many there are? Sorry? Do you know how many there are? Oh, go on. Six. Fair enough. And in at least two of those, I noticed that Kobe Smulders starts in front of him, and then Tom Cruise has to ever so slightly get past her by the time the shot cuts. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know who? Do you know what the, the final scores were in go the uh, oh, Cold Smoulders? Yes, go on. Versus uh, Tom Cruise thing, because I, I I counted it and I genuinely promised you I did. Do you know what the score was? I was quite surprised by this. Go on. It's three three. It's dead equal. There are oh, six. Do so you think they did that on purpose? I mean, I I, I kind of do now. Yeah. In Shit. three. In three. Um, she wins, and in three, he wins. And at one point, she's 3-1 up. <laughs> at right. one point. You know and I'm watching thinking, thinking, I cannot believe I am counting these things. No, but I'm glad you did, though, because, all right, this, this, I don't know, I mean, this film basically has Tom Cruise meet slightly more officious female Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. And, I mean, it's, it, I don't know, it, it is kind of almost a dead heat, really, and then there you go, you say it. I mean, I think, to be honest, if I didn't watch the first one, if I didn't finish the first one a couple hours before going to see this one, I think I maybe would have had a better time with it, but as I was saying with the first one, that film is so singular and its own beast that you've got this. And it just feels like quite a generic action film, but with emotional beats that you don't really want. Because, um, I mean, all spoilers all the time. Yeah. You know he's not going to end up going off with Kobe Smulders, and that's no. not going to be his kid. Because the whole raison d'etre of Jack Reacher is he's on his own wandering from place to place. So it would be fucking weird if he actually had a stable, actual human connection that he had to keep up. Yeah. So, I, I, right from the start, it's, that's not his kid. Yeah. Right from the start. Uh, you know, and, and, because if it was, he'd know about it. That, yeah, quite. Because he's Jack Reacher. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He remembers every woman he slept with. You know what I mean? So it's like, he catches their names, he remembers them. So it's just that there's, there's, there's no way. And there's nothing, despite the fact that his character seems to hang out in these dive bars and stuff, there is nothing that makes you believe that you would fuck a woman and just forget her. Yeah. He, he, like, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy, even though he hangs around in that kind of guy places, which again is the little bit having its cake and eating it nature of the character for me. Um, it's just, it's it's quite an unremarkable film, but it's not terrible. It, it's aggressively, yeah. That, that That's, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you think, frankly. I was, I was quite disappointed, to be honest, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the first one so much. And I was already a little bit worried about this um, because it was a uh, a 12 rather than a 15. Uh, 
Incidentally, I do think this should have been a 15. Uh, I think the thing that keeps it up from being a 15 is the language, but I do think that the violence within it um, warranted a 15, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty nasty at points, isn't it? Yeah, fair do. There's a lot of there's a lot of breaking of things, and it's a little bit like, hang on a minute. So if if when he punches the guy in the face, blood splurts out, that's a 15. But he can bend a guy's head back over his knee and punch him in the throat to kill him, and then casually flip him off a building. That's a, that's a twelve A. That's fine yeah. because he didn't bleed. It's a little bit like, and I, I, I know that the, the BBFC have, and I'm not blaming them, but I kind of am actually. Um, I have this 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 sort of this level of things that they state. Well, this 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 makes it fifteen. This what is it? It, it needs a kind of at points go maybe actually yeah that's a little bit <laughs> because what's happening is is soon it, you're just going to be able to rip a guy's head off and it's just going to be alright in a 12 as long bit. as there's no blood as long, you know as long as there's no blood you know and maybe someone smiles a little bit um, <laughs> as they're doing it but yeah it did feel like a thing but yeah it is it it does feel really generic and the thing is the weird thing about it is Cruz has been doing this for nearly 30 years this type of role and this type of character has been doing it for nearly 30 years and he's good at it and the film is entertaining when he's there um Corby Smulders is is fine for the majority of it um she's good in the action scenes you know she's she's clearly a very professional actress in the fact that she's choreographed herself well and she she does those very well um the bits where where she's trying to act tough are the bits that are kind of uh, uh, where you go, oh, this is this is almost painful to watch because her thing of acting tough seems to be going really tense and breathing through her nose. Seemed to be it a few times, and it was a bit like, don't do that because because you, you, when you're fighting, you look badass as fuck. But then when you're just trying to act tough to people, you, you look like a person who's just trying to act tough to people. And you, you're not that character. Your character is established as just being fucking tough, yeah. which is fine. And I like that you're just fucking tough. So stop just trying to act tough. So are you just not very good at acting tough? Is it? Um, and it, it just... The thing is, there's a scene in it where I kind of went... You've, there's no need for this to be here. And it's a scene where they're in a hotel, and we'll get to the door of it in a fucking minute. Um, they've got to a hotel, and Tom Cruise says, all oh, right, I'm going to go and, and try and find out some information about this guy. And Colby Smulders responds, oh, why? Because I can't go because I'm a woman. And I start, oh, no, you've gone there. You've made an issue of something you didn't need to make an issue of. Because... It wasn't there. You, he, he already seems to have a, a kind of a respect for you as as a major. Yeah. I don't get why I don't get why the film has raised this up, and then you're kind of thinking as you're watching it, going, "I think he's saying he'll go because that's kind of what he does. It's kind of his thing." Would it not have been more interesting if they didn't bring that up? If it was yeah. just she's a badass, yeah. and I understand the whole. You know, I've had this all like all throughout my career thing, and that you know that is absolutely fair enough. But it is, but I, I don't think there's any place in this movie. Why not just leave it unspoken? Would that not yeah. be a more powerful statement than having to have the conversation? Yeah, it, it's, it, and then 
you get the 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 bit where he tries to apologise, but he says, "Look, I'm sorry, but it, it, it's actually nothing to do with you being a woman. It's just because this is how I do. I'm just used to working alone. This is what I do, and you you don't. <laughs> I, I'm used to not being seen. It's what I do, and it just it felt a little bit like it felt a little bit like Edward Zwick wanted to raise that, and it yeah. just didn't need to be raised." But there's a bigger fucking elephant in the room that didn't need to be there in the shape of his fucking daughter, who was just terrible. <laughs> and any time there's a there was the, the bit where you, where you think they're dropping off at the school and you think, oh, thank fuck. Thank fuck she's gone. And yes, we're going to see her a couple more times. And then she's getting back in the car and you're going, no, please, no, please, no, please don't. Oh, God. Oh, she's in it for the rest of the film. And it, it's, she's, just no, she didn't need to be there. She adds literally nothing to the story at all. Yeah. No, she's, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't think the performance was that bad. It's just, it's the typical having to play. To be honest, I, I, I thought as a performance, I, I thought she uh, was crap. Fair enough. I don't know. It's just, it's a teen role where she has to be snarky and, over the course of it, expose her vulnerability. It was just... But did it, did, it, did it feel a little bit like somebody writing a role for a teen that thinks that's the way a teenage girl acts, rather yeah, than uh, yeah. it actually being, what is it? That That is a, a teenage girl written by a, a mid-60s guy. Oh, no, totally, yeah. I just, I didn't think she, like, was that bad within yeah, it, that. It, she might be a rich, she might be a perfectly decent actress, but the, the role I think was yeah, there could be a large part of it. It could could just be the role. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I don't know. It just what did her character actually make into in terms of difference to the story apart from the she gets kidnapped at the end? Mm. Like, does she actually like in terms of emotional arc? Not not really. You know, yeah. like, yeah, they have a hug at the end, but whatever. Um, she just, she's there. She doesn't really do anything. The story <laughs> is already busy enough. Also, there's a lot in this movie where people just seem to help them. And it happens a little bit in the first one as well. Oh, mate. People oh, just he... seem to help him. No, oh, God, no, I have to, yeah, no, I mean, because this is the first one for the first one as well. <laughs> The no, cap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. No. Okay. <laughs> Americans are always painted on screen as being like, you know, we're going to support the, the services. You know, we support the armed, so, armed forces. We support the police, blah, blah, blah. This guy is blatantly being chased by police. Who knows what the fuck for? And because it's Tom Cruise, oh, yeah, we'll help you out, bud. Yeah, Tom Cruise hides from the police by putting a cap on. I mean, like, because they have that moment in the trailer as well, and it's just... Whereas in this one, what it is, there's a magnificent moment in this one where he gives over his ID at an airport. At an airport, the guy looks at it and goes, clocks it and goes, well, clearly that's not you. Doesn't say anything, but looks at him with this, are you kidding me? And Tom Cruise... I promise you people who are listening, Tom Cruise looks at him, makes a little bit of an almost smirk face and nods, and the guy goes, yes. 
I feel like, right, next time I go on holiday, taking somebody else's passport, right, handing it over and when they go, that's not you, just just sort of nodding and going, and then they go, no, this isn't you, go, yeah, but I'm nodding. Look, yeah. This, yeah. this is the nod. You have to let me on now. This is, I've seen this. There's no this and Jack Reach never go back. This works. Again, no. it's, it's a little, is this the world that Cruz lives in? Yeah, and it, the, there are little bits of, of, of moments like that. Like, if two people, one of them wearing a military outfit and are covered in blood and sweaty, get into your cab and go, is there a, um, an internet cafe around? For a start off, there's two answers to that question. Oh, one, yeah, 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 no, yeah. of course there fucking isn't. It's 2016. Two, get the fuck out of my cab. To be fair, she does say, are there any internet cafes left in this area? Yeah, but the answer to that is, it, it, I still maintain, is no. no <laughs> and also, well, just, just get, just, oh, are you a fan of the Mets? Oh, yeah, yeah, All, uh, lifelong. Next scene, wearing his cap for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. It's, uh, the story is less interesting, um... Also, in your mind, you know when when she, when they're saying "open up that, open up that crate, open up that crate." Yeah. Are you, were you in your mind screaming? Are, is anybody gonna check the fucking crates? Because they could be false. <laughs> it could be underneath them or inside them or anything. But it's just like, ah, oh, well, well, clearly I was wrong. <laughs> well, I, I was just thinking, he knows they're coming, so we know at least at the start. There's not going to be nothing in there. I mean, I was just thinking, all right. Well, I know there's only about 15 minutes left of this film, so <laughs> yeah. they're not going to do a whole. They were wrong. Okay, they're going to like have one last hurrah kind of thing. I, like, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, I, 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 yeah. It, yeah, I was. It's a disappointment to be honest. I was really, I was really looking forward to it, and I do think that it's it, it's because the filmmakers making a film completely out of his comfort. He's not... I just don't think that Edward's Rick was built for that type of movie. And I think it showed in, in some of the weird kind of choices. And the script was bad. There was, there was sort of moments in the script where it was just... I can't remember it off the top of my head because they were that bad, I've forgotten them. Where I just went, oh, God, that just felt a little bit wrong and icky. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I was, I was really disappointed. But then... It is still a Tom Cruise action thriller, and it's, there's entertaining bits in there. Colby Smulders breaking someone's neck with a hose pipe was quite fun. True that. So, yeah. I, I, anything else to say on Jack Reacher 2? I've got nothing, man. It, it, it's, a, it's just... I'm surprised what, what, it was, what are you? I'm, I'm surprised it was made. Um, I'm assuming there won't be another one. I don't know, it kind of... It's just the fact that it was a passion project. It feels weird that this is the film that we got. But maybe it was just like, right, we've got a budget, we've got a release date, this is, these are pretty much the only circumstances this is actually going to happen, let's just do it. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I am the most mild-mannered, definitely not shit you could ever be. I'm a touching cloth it's, in the fact is that, that, that I enjoy bits of it, but I do think it is, it, it's probably closer to shit for me than it is to definitely not shit. Fair enough. I, I, I don't know. I saw it on a Friday night. You know, I was in the mood for it. It was, it was all right. Mm. And I, I mean, I'm just thinking, 
if I hadn't watched the first one first and then watched this, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Cool. Right, uh, our audience was definitely not shit, 38%. Touching cloth, 25%. And shit, 37%. So that is very mixed, you know, it's kind of, you know, that's virtually as close as you can get to to everyone's kind of equal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, Gordon, what what else have you been watching uh, this this joyous week? Okay, so I watched a few things. Um, So I watched the Christopher Guest film that premiered on Netflix about a week and a half ago, Mascots. Oh, yes. Uh, So this is, again, a mockumentary, uh, which concerns itself with a the world championships of mascots, and it sees a variety of mascots from um, around the world competing for some trophy. Um, so, Chris O'Dowd in a relatively small role, uh, Tom Bennett, who was very good in a... Um, kind of playing Ricky Gervais, but actually quite sympathetic role in Love and Friendship earlier this year. Um, he's in this as playing Ricky Gervais, but more sympathetic um, <laughs> in, in in this. And uh, I, I liked him. Uh, you've also got uh, Parker Posey, Fred Willard, Christopher Guest actually turns up himself. Um, Jennifer Coolidge is in a scene... Um, it's the kind of the, the usual gang, really. But also um, the tall guy from Silicon Valley, Zach Woods, I think the actor's yeah. name is. Yeah. Um, and didn't laugh all that much. Um, it's got... It throws a lot of plot balls up in the air and barely tries to catch any. Um it feels like an assemblage of deleted material that has been worked. It feels like Wake Up Ron Burgundy. Ah. <laughs> where it, that, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It's kind of outtakes that feel like they've been retrofitted into a story. Um, yeah. And there's a couple funny moments in it, but it's interesting. It kind of feels like it... it yeah, a Christopher Guest mockumentary premiering on Netflix. If that was five years ago, it kind of feels like it would have been a bit of an event. Mm. This kind of feels like nothing. Like, that true... It happened. People are going to watch it in the first two weeks, and then no one's going to watch it again. Yeah, straight up. I mean, it feels like that Kevin James true confessions of an international hitman or whatever the fuck is getting more like, notice over mm. at Netflix. But, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, it was disappointing, uh, frankly. Um, and I'm not the biggest fan of these Christopher Guest mockumentaries anyway. Um, so, yeah, I was still a bit fine that was that then. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, the streaming service Shudder launched in the UK this week, and I... Wow watched one of the films that I believe is playing on there now. I don't think I'm under embargo on this anymore. Hang on. I just want to make sure, actually. <laughs> um, I think it was the day that Shudder launched next Thursday. Uh, uh, last Thursday, even. Um, hang on. Is my review live? That'll be one way of knowing. Sorry about this. 
Right, if Ivan's put the review up on Vodzilla, then I know I'm good to go. <laughs> Hang about. Right. I'm just going to look up me on Vodzilla. No, he hasn't put it up yet. Right, fuck. Maybe I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, shit. Hang on. I'm going to have to have a look at my emails. I'm so sorry, Mark. Um, God, no fucking embargoes. They are a peculiar thing. Like, literally, I want, they were really, really specific about it as well. Um, uh, that's being released on Shudder on Thursday when the site launches. There's an embargo on that film and date, FYI. Right, I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to check with Ivan before I put this episode up. Yes, so fair enough. So, if you hear me suddenly skip to the next film, that'll be That's why. why. Yeah. So, uh, so this film, We Go On, it's called, um, which is directed by a team that did a film a few years back called Yellow Brick Road. Which, oh, yeah. Um, which I, yeah, I, I haven't seen. But, um, so... Basically, story is, um, there's uh, this guy played by uh, this actor, Clark Freeman, who I don't remember seeing any, in anything before. But basically, um, he is, oh, he was in Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. <laughs> um, of course he was. He was in Yellow Brick Road. Um, he was in two episodes of NCIS Los Angeles. Bless him, he is a fucking, like, he is a barely jobbing actor. He was a park ranger in one episode of Parks and Recreation. Um, Alright, well, I think he's quite good in this. So, um, basically, he plays a guy who is absolute... He's an agoraphobic. Um, he's an everything-aphobic, basically. Um, he has a job kind of editing videos, um, like, but it's like a home job. Um, and like, he's scared to death of dying. And he gets um, some money from, like, an aunt dying or something like that. And he um, basically puts an ad in uh, a paper saying, I will give $30,000 to whoever can prove to me that there is life after death. Um, and he basically gets um, free uh, calls or emails and whatnot that he's interested in. And uh, he, he checks them all out. And... Uh, wouldn't you know it, it turns out that in the one particular thing, there is life after death. And after an encounter, he soon becomes um, haunted by a, uh, a ghost. So, um, have you seen uh, that Mike Flanagan film, a a ab Absentia? Yeah. You, you know the whole kind of like, Los Angeles, clear blue skies... But almost quite like sparse, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people around. Yeah. Kind of weird, or like LA lonely atmosphere. Yeah. That that's this film. Yeah, <laughs> just that. Well, the, the thing is, you don't see that all that often, and there's 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 a scene a sequence early on that play it takes place at night, but after that, pretty much anything everything is through the day. And yet it still manages to be, like, 
quite unnerving at times, which I, I think there's skill in that, you know. Um, it, it, and I mean, it does it does go for some obvious jump scares at, at, at points, for sure. But it seems to be asking some big questions about, like, what's the point in fearing dying if you barely even live your life because you're so fearful of dying? Um, and it's, and, and the, the, the way that we have our own personal relationships with, with, with death, uh, it's asking some... Well, it's posing some big questions here. And the ending has it is more emotional than it is action beats and maybe that's just like pure budgetary um reasons but in a way i mean fuck i'm not comparing this film to jaws in any way other than this but the way that jaws they the kind of like the tension arose partly from the budget not being able to have anything big you know it's that kind of thing here um and the ghost that haunts this guy is relationship with the ghost i will say it's not sexual or anything like that but it's you know it is just a a relationship is kind of interesting and the way that he grows to live live with it to an extent is is actually really interesting um and, and it's also got a, a really really good supporting performance by annette o'toole um, who plays the guy's mum, and she basically, like, the first half of the film where he's calling around these places to check out their life-after-death evidence, it's her basically chewing these people out for wasting their, her son's time, and it is quite entertaining. Um, and and she's not the typical mum character. She actually, like, chucks herself in. Uh, but obviously still really just wants to look after her son. And it, it, it's a more interesting character than you expect from this kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, if it if it played Fright Fest, I think it would be quite an interesting during-the-day entry. Like, there's, yeah. there's nothing in it that massively, massively stands out. There's no big, like, gore moments that would make the audience go, oh... But it's one of those ones that I think you would maybe get people bringing up in in the pub um, after and having quite a, a quite a decent chat about. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I actually quite liked it. It's called We Go On. If you're hearing this, it's on Shudder or will be on Shudder, but I'm allowed to talk about it and I recommend it. Good. Oh, and it's like 80... 80 minutes okay it's 90 minutes long but it's like 85 minutes before credits so there you go uh so that's good and um my last one because uh, we talked about jack reacher obviously is trolls so i watched trolls uh it is the first film that lottie has ever sat in the cinema and watched the whole thing of um which was quite a big moment i think um and I, I watched Trolls. So I gave her the trailer for Storks and I gave her the trailer for Trolls. I was like, which one of these do you want to see? Please be Storks. Please be Storks. Please be Storks. Please be, please be Storks. Trolls. Trolls. I want to see Trolls. You don't want to see Storks? No, we go watch that next week. I want to see Trolls. Oh, fuck. All right. So, so I'm going to see Trolls. And I didn't mind it. All right. Yeah. 
I thought it was alright. Um, like, visually, I, I think it's actually really interesting, because there's a running... Uh, God, the story. Okay, uh, Poppy, voiced <laughs> by Anna Kendrick, is a troll who they they've hidden from these bad guys called the Bergens. I think they're called or Borgens, Bergens. Bergens, yeah. Um, and um, they've run away, but because of their partying really loudly, they alert one of the Bergens to their location, and the Bergen comes and steals a load of them. Um, then the uh, uh, Poppy has to team up with Branch, who's this grey troll voiced by Justin Timberlake. Um, and uh, they have a chalk and cheese relationship and they have to go and save the trolls. So Poppy uh, makes these kind of like scrapbooks and like pop-up things. Uh, and she's really positive. And part of like the, the kind of like the voiceover storytelling stuff is told in this pop-up book way where everything looks like fabric um, and then the the characters almost look like they've got like string coming off of them and it all feels fabricy the whole thing um, and I thought that was quite interesting and it's almost like you expect things to be held up by string um, and I don't know, it had like a weirdly childlike homemade feel to the CG animation, which I, 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 I quite liked. Um, there's also the requisite jokes for adults. Um, there was one that I, even one of the guys in work, he took his kid to see it last weekend and he recommended it to me. And oh, there was a particular joke and I've forgotten it now. But it was a riff on orgasms, uh, but in Trolls, um, which I thought was quite funny. The thing is, as you know, my, my baseline of humour is shit. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 sometimes it doesn't take much to make me laugh. So, a little troll with a deep voice made me laugh. A little troll <laughs> going, oh my god, made me laugh. <laughs> you know, so there you go. But it's bright. It's you know, it's it's really colourful. Lottie got scared on a couple of moments and said she wanted to go home. But then I was like, well, you know, there might be some more singing soon. I'm sure everybody's going to be really happy. Then, you know, she was all right. Um, so I quite liked it. The, the songs were decent. There's some weird... Considering it's a DreamWorks film aimed at a, like a used certificate audience, the fact that they have a quite a, a large moment involving the sound of silence, like trolls and insects singing the sound of silence, but almost reworking it into quite a happy tune, was fun. So, yeah, there's quite a lot of disco in there. And for kids, I think it will work quite well. I was quite charmed by it. Didn't make a lick of sense, obviously, but I don't think these things have to. It is what it is, but for what it was, it was all right. Fair enough. I liked it more than Jack Reacher Never Go Back. 
<laughs> I bet you didn't think you were going to be saying that, did you? No. I want to see Storks, man. I want to fucking see Storks. That trailer makes me laugh as well. I've never, I've not watched the trailer for Storks, but yeah, it's a it's by Nicholas Storer in it. Sorry? It's directed by Nicholas um, Storer, yeah. Nicholas Storer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I fuck, yeah, I mean, like, if we weren't away next weekend, I would probably take her to see Storks next week. I think that one will be on, like, a kids couple quid ticket thing around Christmas so I'll probably take her to see it then yeah I would think so um, yeah. but yeah Trolls alright She bought. I, I bought her a troll after a £20 talking troll <laughs> fucking hell so you've contributed quite quite significantly to the, the trolls thing then yeah it's fine it's a good memento of the first film she actually sat through at the cinema that's a that's a big thing, isn't it? With them, because at least now you know that that something's going to be able to keep her entertained for for that long. Yeah, I mean, like Christ, we went to see Finding Dory again last week. Like again, like cheap kids club one. She lasted forty five minutes. You know, she keeps on saying about how much she likes Finding Dory. No, you don't. I've taken you to see it twice now. You fucking walk <laughs> out halfway through. <laughs> so Pixar <laughs> trolls. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kids, man. Kids are fucking weird. <laughs> yes, they I, are. I'll tell you what she was doing today. So I, I, I was looking after her for the day today. We were running around in Cardiff City Centre playing tag. And then she wanted to play cuddling instead. Where instead <laughs> of like going tag, you're it. It was chasing, a per- it, chasing the other one to cuddle them. <laughs> Which is one of the cutest things I've ever experienced in my entire life. But I am so glad I look like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough on that one. You know what I mean, though. Like, because like she was like properly coming for me and then cuddling me, and then I had to run at her and then cuddle and, her. And cuddle her. Like, if you were out, like, not me, watching a man chasing a two-year-old running away from the man, and then him picking her up and cuddling her. There's probably a second where you're going to think, that's not her dad. <laughs> that's a little bit peculiar. Yeah, but, uh, you know, but, you know, hey, trolls. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see this random bunch of stuff you watched this week, man. Go ahead. Well, it's not random. It, it, it's two films that kind of that, that are connected. But the way I watched them, or the reason why I watched one of them is, is, is quite peculiar. Right. Now, sometimes when I'm looking for a film, um, I'll look at. I, I, I'm looking to watch a film. I'll have an idea of what type of film I, I want to watch, and it'll be something related to something I've previously watched. So I'll check out um, on like the uh, on iTunes or on IMDb the the links to you know other films like this. So I want to watch something a little bit like X. So you go in and look at that, and then you look through the other ones. And a film that kept cropping up was U.S. Marshals. And I kept thinking, oh, I won't mind watching US Marshals. It keeps cropping up in other films that I've watched. You might like this. But I can't watch US Marshals because it's a sequel to The Fugitive. And I need to rewatch The Fugitive before I watch US Marshals. So I kept waiting for The Fugitive to crop up on Netflix or um, Amazon Prime or uh, Sky or anything like that. So I could I could watch The Fugitive. 
so that they could then watch US Marshals. And in the end, I decided the day I really wanted to watch US Marshals. So I thought, fuck it. I'm just going to have to buy the future if on iTunes and watch that. So I can watch that. So I can watch US Marshals. So that's what I did. I sort of got the fugitive but it was only 4.99 actually on itunes uh which i was quite glad about because i expected to pay about 7.99 for it so yeah so i i i paid and bought the fugitive um which i don't think i need to tell anybody about what the fugitive's about it's there isn't for a movie where his wife is murdered and um he is uh trying for it and convicted of it and then escapes and he's on the run and tommy lee jones is tracking him down so yeah, we watched The Fugitive, um, and it's it's fantastic. It is it's a great film. It's a really good, solid um, action thriller, um, which it, you know, like, I think is kind of a little bit. This film's twenty odd years old. I think ninety three. I think it was like twenty twenty five years old, and it was really successful at the time. Uh, we really you know made a lot of money. Really well received. We really well you know, reviewed, uh, etc. Audiences loved it. And it's kind of, it, it's kind of now pitched as The Fugitive. It's a really good movie. But I think because it's a really good movie and because everybody kind of universally likes it is why we don't go back and look at it as often as some movies. Because it's not a a movie that splits opinion. It is just considered to be a four slash five out of five movie. A little bit like, kind of like Seven. That's why Seven always kind of seems to get forgotten about a little bit in the Fincher universe because it's perceived so universally as being a really good movie. And then I was watching it going, this is a really fucking good movie. (laughs) And it just, it is. But it's the first time I've watched it in maybe 20 years. And I I just kept wondering, why is this the first time I've rewatched this in 20 years when it's this good? And then that obviously led me to, to the following night to go in and sitting down and watching U.S. Marshals, which is a film I'd never seen. And to be honest, until recently, I'd never twigged that it was a um, it was a sequel to uh, The Fugitive in the sense that it's it, it's the same character Tommy Lee Jones plays uh, and it's his crew are back again as well. Um, and in this, again, he's uh, hunting down uh, a criminal player by Wesley Snipes. Um, who is also a fugitive who may or may not be um, guilty. Um, and so, yeah, so he's, he's, he's hunting him down in that. Uh, have you ever seen US Marshals? Yeah. Yeah, back yeah. in the day, but yeah. Yeah, see, I'd not. Um, I, I, I was quite delighted to see um, Tommy Lee Jones dressed in a chicken suit. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Yeah, so... I mean, yeah, you, you, you fucking should. Um yeah, so there's a bit, right, where it, it's clear, um, you know, that, that bad guys are doing things and they get out of the car and go into a house. So it's, and, it's clear that bad guys are doing things. Yes, okay. bad guys are doing I just things. Check. And there's a, there's a chicken who's kind of handing out sample bits of chicken outside this chicken, what is it? Who clearly is doing it in the most unenthusiastic way, so he just doesn't give a shit. And then somebody comes up to get one of these sample bits of this fried chicken that he's got and he's going to get it and he just drops the tray mm. and starts walking across and you're thinking hmm who's this guy and then he pulls out but he's still dressed fully like a chicken but a chicken wearing a t-shirt that advertises this chicken company and then he pulls out a gun and then he takes off the chicken head and it's Tommy Lee Jones 
But then he does this raid, still in the rest of the chicken outfit. <laughs> and it's, it's really fucking weird watching Tommy Lee Jones doing this. Um, in this, this chicken outfit, which is really fucking peculiar. Um, so yeah, so you get, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones in, in a, a chicken outfit. And the problem with this, with US Marshals is, it's essentially the same story as as the Fugitive, really, when you boil it all down. But it's just nowhere near as entertaining at all as the Fugitive, and it's not bad. It's just not as good, <laughs> and it's really baggy in the middle. It's it's the same length. Well, it's just over two hours long. Um, but it just it doesn't have any of that the zippiness or the um, the real kind of. Like, beat of uh of the fugitive so yeah so i bought the fugitive watched the fugitive and really enjoyed it but the reason why i watched it was so that i could watch u.s marshals which i didn't enjoy anywhere as much i've never seen the fugitive i've seen have you not no i've i've it's a bit of a blind spot that i honestly have, i have fucking seen u.s marshals but not the fugitive how does that even make sense it doesn't make sense. No. honestly 4.99 for fugitive on itunes is a solid purchase Right. Uh, yeah, because it is, it is just a good film. It's fun. It's Harrison Ford. Um, yeah, oh, what else did I watch? I also watched The Big Shot, rewatched that. Um, liked it a lot more the second time, and I really liked it the first time. But I think because the second time you're watching it, you, you know what you're going in to watch. You know that it's not necessarily a straight movie, that it's got all of these bits being thrown around and everything like that. So you, you kind of, you're able to, to kind of lose yourself into it a little bit easier and pick out sort of bits. But yeah, but I, I still really enjoyed it on a second watch. Um, I watched Unfinished Business. Did you actually watch the whole thing? I did. I watched the whole fucking thing. Have you seen this yet? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually didn't mind it. Yeah. Um, I know you did. Yeah. Mind it. Yeah, it's, it's just... It, the thing is... It didn't offend me or upset me in any way, um, but I did sort of about. I said it off originally halfway through it, and then I came back to it. But I did get about half an hour—not half, but half an hour into it. I did get about half an hour into it and think, I don't see the point in this movie. <laughs> I don't see why even Vince Vaughn's in it. I definitely don't see why Tom Wilkinson's in it, and. Dave Franco is pitching something that I that that is just that lost me. Um, the only the only amusing thing I found about um, Dave Franco's character was the fact that they seemed to take amusement in the fact that his name was Mike Pancake. Sorry, I saw the name. I like the bit with the the, the balls running with the the balls. Yeah, I just. Why, yeah. why do you hate life? <laughs> There's a fucking lot of reasons. This movie is fucking very low down. But yeah. Um, okay, why do you hate life? I enjoyed Sienna Miller in it. She was fun. It, it, just playing a complete bitch. Um, but yeah, I just... I, 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 was, I was watching sort of like the, the, the last half of it just to kind of get it get it watched. And I was giving it the the absolute minimum amount of attention that I could give a film where I could still claim I was watching it. Um, yeah, it yeah, I just didn't see the point in it 
at all. I'm very upset with you. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, I uh, rewatched Frost Nixon, um, which I was amazed is actually eight years old. Didn't feel like a movie that's been out for eight years. Yeah, yeah, that was that was Bristol days for me. I could believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I thought it was more recent. I also forgot until the credits started rolling that this was a uh, as soon as like the image uh, Argent Entertainment thing came up, I went, oh, "Fuck, this is a Ron Howard movie, isn't it?" Does, does the logo come up before any any other person's films other than Ron Howard? Very few. Which well, it's his it's his company, isn't it? Of course. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to find. Let's see what other films. Um, a lot in the nineties, but yeah, pretty much, pretty much just Ron Howard movies now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, Frost Nixon. It's a it's a strange one, Frost Nixon, because it's it's all right and it's ticking along nicely um, until you get to the the last kind of. 25 minutes of it and I think the last 25 minutes where you eventually get to the prop the interview that everyone gives a shit about um, is really entertaining it's really well done because you've got you know Ron Howard Ron Howard is a decent director I don't think he's a fantastic director but he's a certainly a I think you could say he's a good director yeah sure um, you know, he's not a terrible director. It's not, how does this guy keep making movies? You can see why he keeps making movies and you can see why his movies are, 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 have consistently been successful for 30 years. Mm. And then you've got Michael Sheen and Frank Langello, who were both very good actors. And I think um, Frank Langello had actually done this, um, had actually played Nixon on the stage, I think, anyway. So he was already quite embedded into the character. Um, and that's that's fantastic, that that bouncing forward between them. The problem is the rest of the film's not quite up to that. But it, it, feels, a little, it feels a little flat, and it, it does... The way it's shot, etc., does make it feel at points a little bit TV specially rather than filming, um, which I think lets it down a little bit and lets down that particular sequence in the film. But I still, I still very much enjoyed my my rewatch of it, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that's it for what I've been watching yeah, uh, this week. Um. So yeah, Twitter questions. On Prime, it's yeah. not. Nah, yeah, it's not. Uh, yes, yeah, so Twitter questions. Yeah. We have a couple, I believe. Let me just get to them. Uh, Virginia Prince, TGP 73. Uh, mummies or werewolves? Uh, werewolves? Yeah, werewolves for me. I'd like to see more mummy movies, though. We've got the Tom Cruise mommy movie coming out, haven't we, next year? Uh, yes, yeah, with Sophia Batella being the mummy. Yeah, yes. that should be interesting. Yeah, which is going to be interesting, but I like some more uh, mummy movies, but yeah, it's going to be werewolves in it, really, let's be honest. Um, Steve uh, Dixon uh, at The Greatest D, uh, with Halloween time upon us, what's the best horror movie double bills to get you in the mood? Um... I had fun once doing a double bill of uh, Inside and Martyrs on Halloween. Um, and Halloween and Halloween three are always Halloween, are Halloween always three good. would be solid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'll be honest. I do most years. I do Halloween and Halloween three most years on Halloween. I'll probably do that this year as well, to be honest. Because it gives me an excuse to watch 
Halloween three, and um, uh, and it feels right watching Halloween on Halloween. Yeah, I mean, I had, a, I, I think I watched Halloween on Halloween about five years in a row at one point. Um, I, 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 do you know what? I don't think I can remember the last year where I haven't watched Halloween on Halloween. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it just. I do very, very, very much like Halloween. I'm unsure whether it's a film I could literally watch every single year. Um, but maybe that's. Yeah, I, 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 I certainly can. Um, any more from that? Um, no. Sorry. Right. Rick Kidd, uh, <laughs> at Rick J. Kidd. Uh, after Werner Herzog says he should have been a Bond villain, who do you want to see as a Bond villain? Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog would make a good Bond villain, wouldn't he? Um, who else? I see, I'd have liked to, to for, um, in Spectre for uh, Monica Bellucci to have turned out to be a Bond villain in it, rather than just being somebody who Bond fucks and then gets killed. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Could you imagine if she came back and it actually turned out that, like, yeah, she was. She uh, was. Yeah. She was the mastermind behind it. Oh, it would have been a lot, a lot better. And I didn't. I didn't dislike Spectre. I, I quite enjoyed it. But that would have been be- better. I think that would have been. Yeah. It, it, it felt right in these times. We'll say. Um. I think there's there's, there's a fucking there's probably a really obvious one that we're not thinking of. But I would like to have seen Herzog uh, do. Or is it? The thing is, um, Christoph Waltz fit perfectly. I, you know, had, he, had this been before that, I, I'd have probably been saying he'd make a good Bond villain. Because they've kind of always got to be. Um, they can't really be American or British. They've got to have a European flair to them. I think Bond villain. I don't know if for some reason it just feels a bit right with a Bond villain. Uh, that air of kind of mystery. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. And, you know, we've had Mads Mikkelsen, and um, so, you know, there's another one you would, I would have thrown in there, but we've had him, and he worked well as a Bond villain. Yeah, and he had Matthew Almerich, and he was not great as... Yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah, Cause, because basically he looked like he couldn't win a fight. <laughs> and that's the thing, I mean, it would be nice to have a villain who's actually physically, like, an actual, like, the Bond villain who is physically imposing, and yeah, Mads Mikkelsen... Um, yeah. did look like he could take on Daniel Craig and then weirdly they didn't actually have him have a fist fight at the end you know Mickelson's like basically offed with about 25 minutes to go um, mm-hmm. even though like where that film ends up I think is interesting but um, yeah absolutely yeah but it, it, yeah it is like you say somebody who, who physically could go up against against Bond as being the big bad rather than a henchman I, I don't know I mean like I know we're very much bored of talking about him, but I, th- I think Idris Elba would actually be a. Do you know what? I, ju- I was I was thinking, God, do you know what? Elba would work as a Bond villain. Actually, he would. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 on board with that one. I think he would, and it plus it'd be a great kind of fuck you to all those people who've been saying cast him as Bond for years, even though. He's just that little bit too old for Bond, but he's a good age for a Bond villain. Yeah, I mean, he does. He does look believably like he could kick the living shit out of someone as well, though. That's the thing, and yeah. you know. So, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. There you go. There we go. Cool. Uh, so, Ian, we are at the end of our show. What are we bringing the wonderful people next week, Ian? Oh well, we are 
Well, it's going to be interesting. Um, so I think we're recording on Saturday morning. Um, yeah. Round Knoll's house. Yeah. Where is is the thing with Claire public? I don't think so. Fuck! I better fuck! I need to remember to edit that out then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, I might check with Noel beforehand then, but fuck, I need to remember to edit that out. Um, Alright. I wish there was like a rewind thing you could do and then just not worry <laughs> about it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing Doctor Strange yeah. at Noel's house. Yep. Um, Noel and I are also going to talk some Black Mirror. We'll, we'll try not to take too long on that because it is TV. Uh, you're just talking this series of Black Mirror, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, I'm going to try and get a few of them watched them, I've, so I can join in. Then. I've watched two so far. There's a review for the third episode, Shut Up and Dance. My first ever written TV review um, is uh, on Vodzilla now. Um, I don't recommend that one, but I recommend Playtest. And I've heard cool. good things about Nosedive and San Janipero or something. Um, yeah, Bex wants to watch them, so I think I'll, I'll watch probably a couple this week. Um, yeah, good. Okay, that sounds good. Um, so yeah, all right, let's end it there. Um, no, you're running the fucking ship. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry that's yeah. very rude. And, and we'll also probably have a, a little bit of a drunken review of uh, the John Carpenter gig. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine think. we'll probably do some sort of recording around that, yeah. Ad hoc recording. Uh, also as well, uh, if anybody is at the uh, John Carpenter gig in Manchester on Saturday night, then um, send us a message on Twitter because we'll be around um, and we'd love to sort of meet people up for drinks, etc. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Cool. Uh, right, so that was episode 182. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it and uh, we thank you very much for listening. Uh, at Doofoz, at Ian Loring, at Dude and the Monkey, Dude the Monkey at gmail.com, uh, Dude the Monkey the um, website, um, uh, also as well, uh, Ian, did you notice that me and you were in our matchup this week on our fantasy thing? Oh, shit it off, were we really? Yeah, it was me against How you. Uh, uh, very well for me. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, you, you, I, I will. Yeah. Is that all yeah. you're going to say? Yeah, well, yeah, I did. Quite heavily. <laughs> I so, yes. Fine. Fine. Yeah. But 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 I'm I'm, I'm still doing terrible in the in the league. <laughs> Do the annoying thing is, I am ninth in the league and I won four out of nine games. Right. Yet I have the. Fifth highest points total. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Because you, it's matchups, isn't it? Oh, so I yeah, scored okay. more points than than uh, than sort of. I should be in points. I should be on fifth, but because it's matchups, I'm actually ninth. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just in those particular. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fucking fuck. Uh, you're still ahead of me in uh, our uh, predictions game. Bloody right, I am. By about, I think, 11 or 12 points now, I think. Well, that'll do. Damn right, that'll do. Right. So thank you very much for listening, guys. And we shall speak to you uh, next week when we will probably be slightly more inebriated than we are currently. Oh, I dread to fucking think. Yeah. It's going to be fun. David and Monkey on tour. <laughs> Bye. Bye.